Hello and welcome to the first Cubs episode of my podcast, Hit or Miss. If you don't know already, every Saturday there will be a new mini Cubs episode um, being available so that you can listen to. Uh, I like to do these just because I'm a Cubs fan and what's better than talking about my favorite team in baseball. So these are just going to be quick, short, mini episodes kind of breaking down what has recently happened with the Cubs, what's going on, what the next series is going to look like, things like that. It's just going to be broken down here and we're just going to talk about it real quick. So let's get into basically the big topic of today, which is what did the Cubs do at the trade deadline? We know that again this season it didn't work out for them. They were going to be sellers. They were not going to be buyers and go and get guys like other teams did in the division like the Brewers or the Cardinals just because of where they stood in the standings. They are in last place right now as we speak, 42 and 63. Going into the deadline, they were at least like 40 and 61, I think, something like that. So it was very clear um, towards getting closer to the deadline that they were not going to compete and buying players just wasn't an option this year again we know last trade deadline was heartbreaking to a lot of fans to a lot of longtime fans who've seen Anthony Rizzo Chris Bryant Javier Baez all in a Cubs uniform since they were first called up so that definitely struck a nerve in some Cubs fans last season and then to see it happening again with Again, those core players such as Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ, who wasn't a part of the 26 World Series team, but he was on the club for a long time. So seeing that again wasn't necessarily nice to see. Obviously, after trading away your star players, your favorite players last season, you don't want to repeat the same actions this season. And I honestly don't think that was Jed's plan either. That was not the mentality that he had going into this season. But unfortunately, the stars didn't align for the Cubs this season and we are left again at the deadline with being sellers uh we didn't sell as much and we're gonna all we're gonna go through that all right now but yeah so that's kind of like the gist of it the Cubs had a few guys who were definitely up for grabs for those postseason contending teams um that's players like David Robertson who this was his first year on the team as well as Michael Gibbons they were kind of in the same position both closers both had extremely well careers with the Cubs in the short time that they were here. Uh, David Robertson put up ridiculous numbers for being in his late 30s, mid 30s, as well as Michael Gibbons, who again, older players, but they showed on our team that they still have the stuff and they could still put pushes where they wanted to and close out games and save games. So definitely, they definitely put on a show for our team this year. And other guys who contracts were ending, Wilson Contreras, his contract is done by the end of this season and looking at the place where the Cubs were looking at his stats this season he has had one of the best seasons of his career if not the best season this season so it was a no-brainer that he was definitely going to be amongst the crowd of players acquiring catchers or even DHs um, now that the DH has become an acquired position in the National League he was no question going to be up there um, so definitely his name was thrown out a lot um, as we got closer to the deadline and as the Cubs went through those long losing streak stretches, his name was brought up more and more as it became clear that the Cubs were not going to buy the season. And another guy who was not talked about in the beginning of the season, but more of towards the end was Ian Happ. Ian Happ is also putting up 
an enormous season for himself. He is shoving right now. He is doing what we know that he can do. Yes, he had some bad seasons prior, but this season he came back and he, all that hard work definitely has proven that he belongs here, that he belongs on a really good team. So he made the all-star team this year, definitely upped his trade value. And I feel like after the all-star game, those talks began to expand between teams that, you know, hey, maybe Ian Happ is a guy that we could go for. Uh, so his name definitely got brought up towards the trade deadline. He still had another two seasons, I believe, with the Cubs. So he would be under control if a team did choose to acquire him. But as the news broke during the trade deadline, Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ are both staying with the Chicago Cubs for the remainder of the season and hopefully the future. This was definitely great news to many Cubs fans. I think in the moment we were like, yes, they're putting up monster numbers. They're having themselves a season. It's great that they're on our team. They've been a huge factor in our success in past seasons and then some of our success this season as well. So that was great news amongst the fans and amongst, I guess, everybody in the city of Chicago. Really, really were relieved and we were kind of a, a weight was lifted off of our shoulders as fans. You know, the stress wasn't there anymore that, oh my God, Contreras is leaving. You know, he's one of the last people from the core that's still here. And the weight was also lifted nonetheless on the players as well. You had to imagine that Contreras was going through it as well as Hap who have spent their whole careers with the Cubs. So definitely they had weight on their shoulders and it was shown. Um, the last few games going towards the deadline, they weren't hitting as well as they do. They weren't fielding as well as they do. You knew that the vibe was off in the dugout, in the clubhouse, on the field. It was just not the same performance and you couldn't blame them. I mean, they the media is surrounding them their names are everywhere on twitter on every social media platform you know on the news on marquee on wherever it is their name is on there and knowing that and knowing that you know like your career with the team that you have been with for your whole entire life you have a family here you started something for yourself here could be gone in a day that is not a good feeling, an unsettling feeling. So definitely understand how their performance was affected by it and, you know, how they took it. But thankfully, everything is okay. They're still here. Contreras will finish out the season with the Cubs. And I guess a big question here is, is there a future for Contreras on this team? I guess there really hasn't been any news of extension talks with Contreras. Last we know, the last time they talked about contracts was in 2017. So I don't know if, you know, that those talks aren't just publicized um, for everybody else to see. Maybe they are going on and it's just in private. But as we know, there have been no extension talks with Contreras and there's really no hints or signs that he will be a Cub in the future. Um, he is an elite catcher. He is an all-star catcher, so I think a lot of teams are going to want him if he does go into free agency. He will have no problem finding a new team. Um, so I think if you're a Cubs fan, you're with me. You want an extension for Contreras. You want to see your backstop 
stay on the team forever and not only because he's been here forever but because he's a great catcher he's a catcher you want on your team forever because of the numbers he puts up consistently of the power he hits with of the leadership he has within the clubhouse we've seen it this season as morale came up he's been mentoring him not only morale but as well as the other guys in the clubhouse Velasquez the guys coming up from AAA he has been there for them he has mentored them he has kind of taken them under his wing and it has improved we've seen the numbers with morale we've seen the energy that morale brings and I really think that he feels comfortable bringing that energy with the Cubs being confident not in a cocky way but in like a hyped up way because of Contreras because he knows you know Contreras is right there with him the leadership Contreras has in the clubhouse is something that every team wants and is something that Cubs fans and Cubs players value very much so if you're a Cubs fan you want Contreras to be extended you want him to stay on your team forever um but we've also heard Contreras say that it's a dream for him to go into free agency because he never really said why but you have to imagine it's because other teams are going to be weighing in on him. Other teams are going to reach out to him and say, hey, we want you on our team. We're willing to pay you whatever you want or this amount of money because of your leadership, because of the person you are, and because of the numbers that you put up. You know, So I think for any player that really is your dream, it has to be. Like, who doesn't want to go into free agency and then get calls from all these teams saying they want you? You know, It makes you feel good about yourself. He obviously loves Chicago. We know how he took it these last few days. He was emotional and he wasn't shy about it and he wasn't scared to show it. And I think that's what enlightened the Cubs fans even more and kind of reignited a fire in them saying, putting like out on Twitter, tweeting constantly saying, please extend Wilson Contreras. Like this is a guy that we want. You know, we don't care if he's crying because that shows he cares. And he didn't need to cry, honestly, to show that he, that he cares because we know how much he loves the city of Chicago and how much he has done for the city so really him showing emotion towards the fans warmed everybody's heart I think and honestly I'm not the biggest Wilson Contreras fan I'm not his number one fan um, but when he showed emotion about our team and when he spoke out about our team and the things he said about not only the fans but the city of Chicago the atmosphere Wrigley Field his teammates that made me emotional it made me like that made me feel like oh my god wow this guy really is a leader he is a guy who goes out there and kind of just sets an example and sets such a great role model he's such a great role model for the future Cubs team and that's why fans want him to be extended because of just the person that he is you know when you extend Wilson Contreras it isn't because you just want him as a player it's because you want him as a person as well he has a great heart he has a big heart and it's so so obvious the city of Chicago, the fans, the players don't take that for granted. So obviously it's going to take some time with Wilson Contreras to see what happens in the future. Um, if you want to hear what I have to say, if you want to hear what I think what's going to happen, I obviously want him extended. I do. But I think that he won't be extended. And that breaks my heart a little because like I said, I already just went on a rant on why I want him extended, on why Cubs fans want him extended but 
I think that like when the news broke that he was going to stay on the team for the remainder of the season, um, a bunch of people were like, yeah, this like means that he's probably going to get extended. They're going to give him an extension, things like that, which is true. Like that could be the reason, uh, like I'm not Judd Hoyer, like I'm not his best friend. I can't text him right now. Like things like that. But like, that could be a reason. Yes. But when I heard that he was going to stay and that he was not going to be traded, that wasn't my immediate thought. To me, I think that the reason he is still here is not because he is going to get an extension. I think that's a possibility. I think that now that he's staying for the season, it increases the chances of him talking about an extension, but I don't think it's going to happen. And that's because he isn't like, I don't know how to say it, but he wants to go into free agency, like he said, and he also is not your average catcher, if that makes sense. Like, he is putting up good numbers. He's having probably the best season of his career. He's batting 253. You know, he has 84 home runs this, or my bad, I'm sorry, 84 hits this season, 16 home runs, 41 RBIs. What team wouldn't want this guy on their team? But at the same time, I feel as if the Cubs, what the Cubs are trying to do is, and as Judd Hoyer expressed, is build, it's not a rebuild, right? We know that it's not a rebuild. It's more of a retool and it's more of a re, not a rebuild, but another word. I don't really know what to call it. I forgot what Judd called it, but it's not a rebuild, but he wants to kind of keep those leaders on his team but at the same time get a younger squad on the team if that makes sense um Wilson Contreras isn't as young as some of the other players but he isn't you know 41 at the same time so I think that the reason that the Cubs kept him was because yes maybe they wanted to further the talks with the extension but I also think it could be because they want to keep him for the rest of the season, continue his good season that he's having, but then come the end of the season, they're probably going to offer him a qualifying offer. And then whatever he decides to do with that, I think he's going to reject it. And that's just because he said that going into free agency was a dream for him. So I feel like because he said that he's not going to take the qualifying offer and then he will go and sign with another team and then the Cubs will get a draft compensation that way the Cubs still earn something in return now a bunch of people are probably saying well if they wanted something in return they're probably better off getting something in return when they if they would have traded him which is true but bring me that brings me into like why he wasn't traded I think that Judd Hoyer really stood his ground with the value of Contreras and Hap. Um, he kind of like set a mindset into like himself and he was like, all right, if I get this offer from a team, I will give them, you know, Contreras, I'll give them Hap. But if I don't get what I want for them or if I don't get what I think they are valued for, then I will not make the move. So, and I appreciate that. I am so with Judd on that. And I think that 
that was a great job by him by setting his ground by putting his feet in the ground and saying you know if I don't get what I want for these players I am not trading them away you know just because so I think here he kind of put like a mindset and said okay if I don't get what I want for Contreras I'm gonna keep him give him the qualifying offer maybe we'll talk extensions as well but then if he decides to leave I am going to be okay with having a draft compensation because we know Jed Hoyer loves the young guys. He loves the prospects. Um, We saw that last season. So that's what I think the plan is with Wilson Contreras. If you ask me, of course, I want him extended. You know, every Cubs fan wants him extended. But realistically, I feel like that's what's going to go down with him this season. I really hope he doesn't leave because he is a leader and he's the type of guy maybe you don't want to build your team around him but you're definitely going to want a veteran leader guy on your team to kind of push and bring the energy to the younger players so that's kind of where I stand with the whole Contreras thing um still speaking deadline but moving on to Hap I think the conversation maybe would be a little different with Hap uh Hap is still under control for two more seasons so Trading him was a bit more of a long shot, I believe. I still think it was very possible because of with all the market, because of how the market was with outfielders and things like that. So it was not like a thing where it was like, oh, he's probably not going to get traded. There was a really good chance. But again, I think Judd had the same mindset saying, you know, if I don't get what I want for him or if I don't get for, I don't get an offer that said that resembles what he's worth, I'm not going to trade him. Uh, because I still have him for two more seasons. And then Hap is also on the younger side and someone that you want to keep on your team who's going to, you know, fit in with that new Cubs team per se. So I think those were the reasons why they're staying. Um, I think that's my take on it, really. Another question is, what was Jed's price for them? You got some people questioning, was Jed's price too high? And a lot of teams were like looking at it and say, hey, you know, I appreciate, you know, how much you value these guys. And yeah, they are really good players, but I'm not willing to give up this much of my team or this much of my farm system for them. I'm going to go out and get another outfielder or another DH or another catcher. So maybe that was the case, you know, maybe like Jed was planning to, to trade them, but then after a bunch of teams were hearing, you know, what they were going for they didn't want to move forward with that and then I guess Jed was left with no teams to trade them to that could be a possibility that could be an option but I really stick with the fact that Jed really held his ground and I appreciate him doing that and I appreciate him knowing the value of Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ to not just let them go to another team for nothing you know so that's really my take on it. Jed Hoyer did go on a press conference um, the day of the trade deadline on Marquee and kind of just talked about, you know, his mindset and everything. And he, he basically just established that he didn't want to trade him away. He felt like he didn't get another offer. Here's a quote that he actually said. He said, we talk about building the next great Cubs team. We're trying to do that on the back of really good, really good prospects. Simply trading players to say you got prospects that you don't believe in or don't find very talented, that doesn't make anything great at all. We never found deals that exceeded the value of the players we had, and then we did. We made some deals that we really got, and we really got talented arms. And I stand by that, and I think that's a great quote by him. Like he said, they didn't want to just trade players for prospects that 
you know, weren't ranked high in the farm system or weren't like top 10 prospects. And I appreciate that. Um, they did trade David Robertson. They did trade Michael Givens, but in return, they got really good prospects and they got top 10 prospects, you know, top 20, top 50 prospects that they have something behind that the player development squad was like, Hey, I really think that this is a good pick. So I really appreciate what Jed Hoyer did. Um, and yeah, that's really my take on the trade deadline. Um, they also traded Chris Martin and Scott Efrost. Scott Efrost was a bit of a surprise because he was not really a name that was talked about at all. I don't think his name was, you know, brought up prior to the trade deadline in any circumstance. Um, but Scott Efrost ends up going to the Yankees for we got a pitching prospect who could be in the major leagues pretty soon. Honestly, I'm really happy for Scott Efrost. He's been with the organization for a long time. So I'm really excited to see what he can do with a potential World Series team. Uh, he throws sidearm, different, but he has really shown that, you know, he has a stuff and he has a stuff to compete in the playoffs in the World Series. So super excited for him and super excited to see what he's going to do with the Yankees, as well as Chris Martin being traded for the Dodgers. In return, we got McKinstry from the Dodgers. Really good pickup by us, honestly. McKinstry is a utility guy. Basically could play anywhere in the infield. I know he plays a little bit of the outfield as well. Uh, he has started a few games for us. He's had eight at-bats so far. So far, he hasn't had a hit yet, but his defensive abilities are really great. I really think he has good chemistry with Nico Horner. I think they work really well in the infield. So really looking forward to see how he can develop as a player. He is 27 years old, but as we said, he's a utility guy. He can play whenever. He can come off the bench, things like that. So really excited to see what he can do. Uh, the Cubs also traded Michael Givens to the Mets and as well as David Robertson to the Phillies. So those two guys who were on our team for a short amount of time, but definitely made an impact towards the end of the first half and as well as the end of the games uh, to close out the ninth inning. So really happy for them. I'm really excited to see what they can do on those teams, but I think we really got a good return for everybody we traded. And uh, I really think it makes sense that we kept Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. That's really where I stand with that. Judd Hoyer also said that he feels for the players on the emotional toll factor, he knows that it couldn't have it couldn't been easy for them. You know, their names were thrown around in the media and they were both pretty emotional to the media about it. So to hear that Jed feels for them in a connection like not player to GM, but more of like person to person really means a lot. Honestly, I really like what Jed Hoyer did at the deadline. You guys could say otherwise, but personally I think that the moves that he did make and the moves that he didn't make all made sense. So really happy that Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras are staying in Chicago, at least for the remainder of the season. Um, I know Ian Happ is definitely happy. Uh, he did go like on 670 the radio, the score, and he he just established that, you know, he has a life here. He has his whole life here. You know, he met his fiance here. His fiance's family is here. So he really loves the city of Chicago, and then he has really done a lot for our city as well with um, partnering with a coffee company, Connect Roasters, as well as partnering, you know, with Obvious Shirts. He has the Compound Podcast. 
he's really made a difference here and he's really done a lot for the community. So I'm really happy that he's staying here and he's going to continue to be connected with the city of Chicago. So yeah, that's really went on during the trade deadline. That really kind of sums it up. That wraps up what happened. And I guess the big question is, what does the second half of the season look like? Obviously, we're going to have a weaker bullpen now that Scott F. Ross, Michael Givens, David Robertson, Chris Martin are gone. But that also means we're going to see a lot more younger players and a lot more newer players in a sense. Um, I really think a lot of guys are going to get called up now, um, as well as current players who are on our team are going to get moved around a lot. I think the remainder of the season is just going to be to see where everybody can play meaning we're going to see Wisdom at first a little bit. We're going to see McKinstry play third. We're going to see Nico, you know, move from shortstop to second at times. Morrell more in center field and then again in second. So I think the second half of the season is to really test out the versatility of our current team to see what the starting fielding positions are going to be next season. Unfortunately with that, we did get news that David Bodie has been option down to AAA Iowa and the Cubs recalled Sean Newcomb who ended up pitching the last game or the second game of the doubleheader against the Cardinals. Uh, I feel bad for David Pony a little bit. I liked him as a player um, as a person as well. I thought he was a really good bull, like guy to have in your clubhouse, a guy to have in the dugout. He was hurt towards the beginning of the season and he kind of recently came back. He's had 54 at bats this season with 14 hits and only one home run, three RBIs, batting 259. I think that that just shows that the Cubs really just want to get the younger guys and the newer guys up there, up um, in the majors to just test out, like I said, the versatility, test out what they can do, you know, where they feel comfortable playing or where they potentially could play. Like say the Cubs need a a first baseman, wisdom can be there. So Things like that, kind of just seeing where everybody can play. Unfortunately, that does come with optioning some players that have been on the big league roster for a while. So I guess that's really what the second half is going to look like defensively wise and really roster wise. But talking schedule wise, the Cubs have a pretty easy second half, except for mid-August and then again mid-September where they play the... Brewers, Cardinals, Brewers again, and then the Blue Jays starting the 19th of August and then going into September, mid-September, like I said, they play the Giants, the Mets, the Phillies. So a few tough ball clubs in there, but then again, at this point, in a nice way, with all due respect, what is there to lose? This is just... For fun. I mean, baseball, yes, is always for fun, but uh, they're really not playing for anything and there really isn't a goal, I guess you should say. Um, But it's always fun to win, right? Nobody likes to lose. So that's really what their season is going to look like towards the second half um, schedule-wise. And then again, um, kind of getting back those guys who have been injured. I think due to the injury bug, that kind of affected our season this season. We went out and got some guys, and unfortunately the cards didn't line up for us and didn't show, and a lot of guys ended up being on the IL early on. Like we had Seiya Suzuki go on the IL for a few days, as well as Nick Madrigal, who was there. 
David Bodie, Adbert Alzali, who has been out for the whole entire season, Jason Hayward, um, Wade Miley, guys like that, Ander Alton Simmons. We just had a bunch of guys on the injured list for extravagant amount of time and then when we needed them the most. Um, but we are starting to get Nick Madrigal back. He is back on the roster. He's back on the team, activated from the IL. So really get excited to see what he does, how he can play. I feel like we haven't really gotten a full look at Madrigal. So super excited to see him. Um, Miley is rehabbing again with the few starts he had. I think he did really good. So getting to eventually get to that point where he's going to be in the starting rotation again is kind of ideal and uh, excited to see that. As well as Adwer Alzai, who has been out the whole entire season, he's starting to throw live batting practice. So maybe we won't see him this season, but definitely looking forward to seeing him in trade, uh, excuse me, in spring training. So just players like that, Jason Hayward is still experiencing inflammation in his right knee. So there really isn't a timeline for him. So who knows when he's going to get back. But just guys like that who we haven't really gotten to see a lot, who are newer to the team, or who just haven't played all season. So that's something to look forward to. And as well as just getting on some hot streaks, you know, like there's nothing wrong with that. Just because, you know, we're last place in the division doesn't mean we can go out and start winning a few games in a row. We play the Nationals starting August 8th and then that leads into the series with the Reds and then another series with the Nationals. So who says, you know, we can't get hot and we can't start winning like five or six games in a row? We've done it before. Just things like that are going to be exciting to watch, going to be exciting to see. Um, So looking forward to that. Just playing baseball for fun, you know, there should be no stress about it. So let's just talk about, I think I'm going to wrap it up with the current things that are happening right now for the Cubs team. Unfortunately, we just got off of a sweep by the Cardinals. The Cardinals are hot. They're second right now in the division. They can, I think they're going to catch up to the Brewers. So um, that was a hard loss for us. We got shut out the first game. The second game was postponed, so we ended up playing a doubleheader on Thursday, the 4th, and ended up losing both of those games. But with that, it hurt. Obviously, it's the Cardinals. We don't. We don't like playing them. We don't like losing to them. So it hurt. The losses, the first loss on the Tuesday, uh, excuse me, Thursday, we lost three to four. And then the second game, we lost two to seven. I mean, it was, it was hard. It was, it was hard to play. Um, But at the end of the day, I really think that we tried our best and we gave it all we got. There were some players who didn't perform as well, who we usually see going that like Christopher Morrell guys like that. But that's really what happened during the Cardinals series. Kervin Castro made his debut for the Cubs against St. Louis, the fourth, and he ended up going one inning, allowing two hits, three earned runs, and then two walks and a strikeout. Not the ideal debut for him with the Cubs, with the new team. We did acquire him off of waivers from the Giants. Um, But again, I feel like we're going to start to see more of that just because the Cubs want to see what these guys can do, what the new guys can do, what the young guys can do. Um, so unfortunate first Cubs start for him. Um, looking forward to see him progress and see him get better. Um, and then I spoke on McKinstry earlier. He's had a slow start, but great defensively. Um, like I said, the Cubs DFA'd 
David Bodie, they actually DFA'd him mid, like, day between the first doubleheader and the second doubleheader. And they also sent Alfonso Rivas back to AAA Iowa, which I'm upset about. I am the biggest Alfonso Rivas advocate. I think he's a great first baseman. Like, I... Like, I really think that I love Frank Schwindel, I do, but at the same time, like, I feel like the better first baseman is Alfonso Rivas. I feel like he's quicker to the ball. I feel like he has more flexibility in that way, but that's just what I think. But anyways, he gets sent down to AAA, and then Contreras ends up winning the Heart and Hustle Award, which I think is very appropriate, very exciting for him. My congratulations goes towards him. And then the Cubs announced that their London series is back on. It's going to be in June of 2023, and it's going to be two games against the Cardinals. How fun is that going to be? I remember the first time the Cubs announced it, I was like ecstatic over the moon. And then unfortunately, COVID came and then there was really no news about it or when it was going to start again. So hearing this was definitely something to look forward to. I want to go. Who doesn't want to go? I'm trying to convince my parents like to go and like take like a family trip. It's going to be the summer of like going into my senior year. So it really won't count as a senior trip. But when that came out, I literally ran to my phone and I started texting my dad. I was like, the Cubs are playing in London again. Can we go? Can we go? And then he would be like, oh, that would be a pretty good like graduation present. And I was like, but it's next summer. And then my dad has always spoke about going to London, but he wants to go like when my sister has graduated col- or has graduated high school. So I would literally be like a sophomore in college. Um, but then I was like, I'll do anything, please. Like, what do I have to do? And then he said that he will take me to the Cardinals Cubs London series if I get a perfect score on my SAT. How insane is that, first of all? Second of all, that is pretty hard to do. I looked it up. Literally 500 students out of 2 million get a perfect score on their SAT. So the odds are not in my favor, but I am going to study hard. I'm going to work hard. Um, I'm going to start studying probably now because I think I take the SAT in like mid-March or mid-April. So definitely going to work my butt off for that. That is such a good motivation. So if any of you guys want to go to the London series, maybe you guys should tell your parents that. Maybe they'll say yes. There is a good chance. There is, okay, really, honestly, there's a really strong chance that I won't even go. But either way, it's kind of a win-win to be honest. Like if I do get a perfect score, I'll go to London. And then if I don't get a perfect score, but I still like end up doing pretty good, I, at least I got a good score on my SAT. So win-win in my case, please pray for me. Please hope that I get a perfect score so I can go to London and see the Cubs play the Cardinals because that would probably be like the best day of my life. But anyways, that's that. Um, we are going to begin the series with the Marlins. Um, I'm recording this on August 5th, a Friday, so we already played the first game and we won. We broke the losing streak. So great win for us today on a Wilson Contreras two-run home run. That is how we won. If that doesn't say extend the man, I don't know what does. Um, but then we play them for a, another two days on Saturday and Sunday. Tomorrow, I believe we do face Pablo Lopez, a guy whose name was brought up a lot towards the end of the trade deadline. 
Um, and then the Marlins officially said that, you know, they were not going to trade him. They decided to keep him. Good by them because Pablo Lopez is definitely a guy you want to keep on your team. And then for us, pitching tomorrow would be Drew Smiley. And then on Sunday, Adrian Sampson will take the mound against Jesus Luzardo. So definitely those games are going to be good to watch, going to be fun to watch against the Fish since they're kind of like in the same position as us, like standing-wise, I believe. Let's see. They're currently second to last in their division in the NL East. I got to give it to them. Their division is pretty hard. They got the Mets, Braves, Phillies, uh, Nationals, who they're beating. But um, they got some pretty hard teams in there. They're 19 and a half games behind. But they are only nine games out of the wild card. That was a team. The Marlins were a team who were kind of like, are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Like, they could go both ways. Ultimately, they sold a couple of guys got a couple of guys so I think they're gonna like just work with the team they got and that's that for them um so a couple of fun games against the fish I'm excited to watch those I'm excited to watch Pablo Lopez excuse me and see how the Cubs hitters react to him um but yeah that's basically what the few days should end up looking like and I kind of want to touch on the future a little bit, just a little glimpse into the future and kind of see where this Cubs team is headed. So I guess like now that the trade deadline is over, a lot of people are wondering, all right, we didn't buy. What are we going to do with the offseason? I think ideally the Cubs plan isn't is not to compete realistically until 2024. We have really good prospects. We know that we have P. Crow Armstrong. We have Brendan Davis. Um, so realistically, those guys won't come up until 2024. We don't want to rush their development because we've seen that happen before and that kind of could ruin a guy's career. So definitely don't want to rush them. So realistically, I would say 2024 is a year we're going to probably compete. I mean, I'm not saying like don't spend money in the off season, but I don't think it's going to be a crazy amount of money. Like there's a lot of guys who are going to hit the market coming this off season who are going to go into free agency. And one of the guys, Dansby Swanson, we don't know if he's going to get an extension by the Braves or not. So he's a guy that a bunch of teams are going to go for. Um, yeah, we have Nico Horner, but imagine Nico Horner and Dansby Swanson up the middle. Like, that is, honestly, that is a really, really good, like, two guys that you, that could honestly work really well together. Okay, just, just a little glimpse there, but, I mean, I think, like Jed said, they're going to spend the money when the time is right. The big question is, when is the time right? Is the time right when you have some of your prospects up in the majors, and then you're going to start um, piling in those guys, those veteran guys, or is the time right this off season? Um, we don't know. So it's going to be fun to see the offseason and see how the Cubs react to that. Um, they do want to compete. That They've made it clear. Like, they don't like losing games. They don't like selling again at the deadline. So I really think that their mentality is going to be switched to now, okay, we've sold two seasons in a row. How can we stop this? How can we go out and get guys at the deadline next season? Because I really believe that Jed Hoyer can be aggressive. He's shown it here. I think he can go out and get some guys and get the guys that he wants to. But yeah, that's really what I got to say about this Cubs team for this episode. 
we cannot end this episode without discussing the hit or miss players and I'm gonna give the hit player the player who really hit it out of the park maybe not literally but you know in the sense that he performed really well I'm gonna give it to Nelson Velasquez ever since Nelson Velasquez has been playing consistently he has been putting the ball in play getting those doubles getting those line drives blooper down in center field He's been getting it done, getting on base, moving guys. So I really think that he's been a great player to have on our team and a great player, a great young player to see what he can do. As well as defensively, he's really great in the outfield, um, not afraid to run for the ball, not afraid to make those risky but amazing catches. So definitely going to be my hit player of this episode. And then for my miss player, it hurts me to say this. I'm going to go with another young guy. It hurts me to say, but it's going to have to be Christopher Morrell. I feel like kind of recently Christopher Morrell has been a little bit off. Um, that's not to say when I name these miss players, it's not because they're absolutely horrible and I wish they were on another team. That is definitely not the case. But it's like players who are in a little bit of like an off kind of path who are going like through a bumpy path right now not to say that they can back can get back on track because I believe Christopher Morrell can definitely get back on track we've seen it before so he is young too so he's gonna have those times where he's just not gonna perform as well because he's still getting used to this so he's gonna have to be my missed player um but like I said he's shown it before once he gets off track it's super easy for him to get right into what he's known for doing and what we've seen him do so I really don't think that this is going to last for a while I really think that he can go back and hitting home run after home run because that's what he does um so really nothing to worry about with Christopher Morrell I just think that he recently hasn't been on a good stretch but again expected from a young guy who is just getting his starts in the first couple of games. So that has to be my miss player for today's episode. Um, again, thank you guys so much for listening. I will come back with another Cubs episode next week and then with a regular episode about baseball on Monday and Thursday. Thank you guys again for listening. Um, I hope you guys all have a great day. Goodbye.